cup and a, and a wafer. But tonight, we're going to talk about something kind of different, I think, maybe. Maybe not unique to those of us who have been around the presence of the Lord, maybe for a, a while. But there's a posture in worship that I want to encourage us. And, and we're starting a new series this month uh, throughout the entire church called Growing Together. You're going to hear more about it this weekend. I encourage you, join us. Join us for a weekend experience. And here our lead pastor share about this thought growing together. But in a moment, we're going to practice this growth opportunity together. And that is, there, there are several postures. Some, some, the posture of worship could be in our heart, where we're surrendering our heart. It could be kneeling. It could be singing. But tonight, I want to talk about something that's it's kind of different if you've not grown up in a church experience. And it's the posture of lifting up your hands. I know some of you, a few moments ago, you have, you have no problem with that. You're, you freely worship with your hands. Some of us a little too freely, like we slap other people while we worship. But, 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 but there, I know there are some folks in the room tonight that to, to do anything with our hands is just awkward. And, and, and we don't know what to do or how to do it. And so tonight I just, not so much teach you how to do it like I do or how you do like somebody else's, but just the, the purpose of why, why, when you look across the room and go, why are these people doing that? What is that? even mean? Is that even biblical or are they just really emotional and excited? And so uh, that guy didn't wear deodorant, I can tell because his hands been up all night. Like, what is it all about? And, and, and we're going to take that in the context of worship and then being at the presence of the Lord and communion here in a few moments. And then we're going to end tonight again with worship and expression to God. But worship should always, we should always come before God like the, like the three kings did and the, the wise men did and, 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 and the book of Matthew chapter 2 when they were seeing the, the birth of Jesus. You know, they came not so much to be worshipped but to find God to worship Him. Like there was something about I'm going to go to God to give to Him versus God, I'm here. Now you need to show up, right? I, I'm here and I'm expecting something from you. I need something. I'm feeling a little down. Like worship should always be this God it really is 100% about you. And tonight, I just I want you to know that I came here to just tell you how awesome you are. But here's how cool God is. If that's our attitude, if we come before the throne of God and the presence of God with this God, it's really about you. He's so good, he turns around and begins to pour out blessings upon us because we're his children. Like, but if we make it about us and like, God, I'm here, I demand you to do something, that's the wrong posture or attitude of worship. God is here for us, but, but worship is really about him and not about us. And so I know some of us, when we talk about hands and, and how to sing and, you know, maybe do a little bit of this, when we're, you know, like when we start getting into the how-tos, you're like, you know what, that's not for me. I don't do those kinds of things. And I want to encourage you that what we're talking about tonight is biblical. We're going to show you in scripture that this is actually, a, this is an actual thing of worship when I do stuff with my hands as much as it is with my singing, and we're going to tie that into God's Word tonight if we can. If you've been a part of any worship service in the past or the present, you, you, maybe you've been in a scenario where the, the pastor's talking about, hey, would you want to you give your life to the Lord? Would you want to tell you know, God that you ha He has your heart and you have His heart? Would you, would you do something? Would you lift your hand? You ever been in one of those services where the pastor, I've done that several times here on a Wednesday night where I say, man, if you want Jesus, 
Would you lift up your hand? There's something about acknowledging. There's something about physically saying, God, I, I recognize I need you. God, I recognize that you're here. There's something powerful. I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord, it was at a youth camp and, and we were there and, and that's what happened. You know, the pastor said, raise your hand. And I think I might've done something like this, you know, like, I don't know if anybody wants to see my hand. And, and I remember then I walked to the front. There was, there was actions and there was motivation behind the hand that was raised. And really, uh, I think God is pleased when we obey and when we follow through in this posture of lifting our hands. So we're going to just very quickly, not very long, very quickly tonight, we're going to be in a couple passages, but we're going to mainly be in the Old Testament. But, but I'm, I'm picturing this, if you're wanting to really get the gist behind this and why we do this in church. Pastor Alfred was talking about his, his son. I remember when Lily was was about one and a half years old and she was, you know, walking a little bit better than what she used to. And, and I remember the first time she walked up to me and she had her hands just like this and she's in her diaper, you know, and nothing else on. And she's just, she's just got her hands up. I, I remember that same emotion of any loving father in this scenario cannot resist going down and picking up that, that, that child. And I just want that mental picture to be in your life that when we come before God's presence and our attitude and our heart is, God, we want nothing more but you right now, that that's what the heart of God sees. He looks down and he goes, how can I not respond to my children? And that's, that's just the simple picture that I want you to always think about when you're in a worship service and you're singing songs like, oh, how he loves me. That we're not going, you know, oh, how he loves me. And, you know, I don't know if I really believe that. My, you know, my body language doesn't really match my heart language. But that there's something about practically just saying, you're all I want right now. That's just the mental picture I want to get. And I want to hopefully show you that this is a biblical thing. In James chapter 4, verse 8, in that whole picture of drawing close to God, it literally says that as I draw close to him, God chooses to draw close, draw close to me. That as I take... Two steps towards God, God takes three steps towards me and meets me even beyond where I was. He, he doesn't even meet me where I'm at. He actually goes even further to get me and rescue my life. And that's the picture of just the idea of lifting my hands in worship. There, there are really two reasons, two simple things that I think this symbolizes in a Christian's life, a believer's life, someone who is pursuing the passionate presence of God. And one is this, you know what, I lift my hands for victory. We just sang a song tonight. If you're taking notes, that's the first little blank, victory uh, in the app there. But we sang a song that I believe that he's coming again. Like that's a victory statement for us who who understand that what that means for us as believers. That means that the earth is not our final destination, that there is a place that God is preparing for us, the word of God says. And I, and I, I raise my hands in, in victory. And I say, Yes, he's coming again. Yeah, I believe he saved me. He's the Lord. There is a victory uh, expression in my heart. And I know how Pastor Jim said, if you're not an expressive person, right, and, and, and you're, you know, that's cool. Like, this is cool, too. Like, this is your victory sign, right? V for victory, way down here. You don't have to do it like me, but understand that, that a non-response of, you know, you're the Christ and uh, you, you saved me is, is this, this is just not pleasing to the Lord. Like what's pleasing to God is to see his children go, I understand what you've done and to raise their hands 
in victory. We watched the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, and, you know, this was going on all night long. I mean, just all night long, this was happening, touchdown after touchdown. It's a sign of victory, and in a Christian's life, that's what it is. Well, I don't, this, what, this is not a sign of victory. This is a sign of, I don't want anybody to come into, I'm, I'm closed off, I'm shut down, I'm not interested. This is, I'm interested, but I want nobody to know about it. So I'm going to put my hands in my pocket because I really want to raise them, but this is a whole lot easier, right? So, in a Christian's life, this is a sign of, I lift my hands a few moments ago as a sign of victory. And I love what Psalm 63, David in his like wilderness experience, when he's out there in the wilderness thinking he's going to die, he pens this words in Psalms chapter two. Wow. Psalms chapter 63, verse one through four. You, and let's just start there because worship is about who? It's about God. You, God, are my God. If that's not worth being victorious about, you've already missed the whole part that it's about God. It's about him. Everything that we do is about him. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land. We believe he's writing this in the middle of a wilderness. So this is practical for David. Where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory here to say this together. One, two, three. Because... Is it up there? Hope so. Yeah. That was like the perfect time to participate in the service, all right? One more time. One, two, three. Because your love. There it is. I lift my hands in victory. Why? Not because of my actions or what I have done or how victorious I am in my own, but because of God's love, I can lift my hands victoriously and say, his love covers the multitude of my sins, right? I can be, because your love, he's saying, it is better than life. Your love is better than life. How awesome. My lips will glorify you. Number four, verse four, I will praise you as long as I live and in your name, I will lift up my hands. Why? Because that name is the source of all life, according to David. He gets it. You are my victorious. You are my king. You are the source of my life. So because of your love or because of you, that's how the verse started off. You, God, are my God. I will lift my hands victorious. One reason why we do that in church is to be victorious, to say we are overcomers and our God is great. Our God is mighty. If you believe that about your God, then it should flow out of your actions and your heart and your hands should be lifted. The second, it's very simple tonight, but the second reason why I lift my hands, so this is out of like just sheer, you know, like, yes, God is my victor. God is the source. It's because of his love, not anything I've done. I'm victorious. But the second reason any believer raises their hands is just out of sheer surrender, out of sheer surrender. And I know that's a tough word to swallow in our 21st century culture. Surrender means I'm vulnerable. Surrender means I'm weak. Surrender means I need someone other than myself. But true, true believers understand this posture is sometimes victorious, but oftentimes it's surrender. It's saying, God, I need you. Like my one and a half year old daughter saying, pick me up because I can't do this on my own. The word of God says it this way. In Psalms 141, oh Lord, David again, I'm calling to you, please hurry. Have you ever been there with God? Please hurry. Listen when I cry for what? Help. Somebody, I need, uh, you, you, in order to cry help, you got to admit you need help. You got to admit you can't do this on your own. There's an act of surrender. I cry to you for 
help. He says, accept my prayers as incense offered to you and my upraised hands as an evening offering. God, I need you. I surrender. Some of us, where we struggle is we, and we talked about this last week, we try to, we try to approach this whole experience of Christianity and being a Christ follower alone. And there are some times when you can victoriously raise your hands, and there's other times you can't even, you're so defeated, you can't even lift your hands to surrender. It's like, you know, someone shot your hand with Novocaine, and you're trying, God, I, I wish I could cry out, but I, I just, I'm so weak in my expression to you. And I go to what we talked about last week, just a tie bow on this, that we can't do this without one another. We got we to gotta have this kind of a moment. In the Old Testament, the Amalekites had come into Israel and were attacking the Israelites. And Moses said to Joshua, take a group of men, and I want you to go attack those guys. And Moses began to pray, and God told Moses, listen, Moses, as long as your hands are lifted up, you will be victorious. But you're going to have to surrender the pain that comes with lifting. Says, as long as your hands are lifted up, you're, you will, we will win the battle. Here, pick up the story in Exodus chapter 17. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, right? Not his eyes, wrote his eyes. You know, no, not his head. You know, no, it was his hands. The Bible says the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So literally pick this up. We're winning. Uh, we're kind of winning. Not so close. Let's go. Okay, now we're losing. Okay, we're all dying now. That's how it went, right? Literally, if you read the story, his hands are up. They're, they're just, they're rocking it. By the time his hand got to the bottom, it's just chaos. And Joshua's looking at him like, You're, what do you keep your, you know? And so Moses is there lifting up his hands. They're winning and then they're losing. And some of us, when we try to come to this faith walk and this worship expression, we try to do it alone. And the reality is we're losing big time because we're doing it alone. The Bible says Moses had Aaron on this side and her, not H-E-R, but a dude's name, her, on this side, okay? The Bible says that as, as his hands began to get weak, they placed two rocks really quickly. And they sat down on those rocks and they held Aaron's hands up, uh, Moses' hands up, or her on this side and Aaron on this side. They, and so when Moses would get weak, he would have someone there to support him. It sounds like community to me. It sounds like, you know, when we come into this place, we can't neglect the lifting of hands. We can't neglect that when we have a brother or sister next to us and they, and they can't carry themselves spiritually speaking, that they have someone that they can just go, will you please Will you please just encourage my spirit? And when they look at you and you're like, blessed be the Lord God. That, that's not Aaron and her. That's like, you're killing me here. Is God really the God that can save? Is God really the God that can rescue? Because your worship doesn't tell me all that much about your God. He actually sounds a little small and a little defeated. But when they can look around and people around them are worshiping like this, it's like Aaron and her on the other side lifting up their hands together. We do this in community. We do this together. We do this because it's a sign of victory and a sign of surrender in our house. That's why we lift up our hands. It's not so we can get you to work out, all right? Your wife didn't call us and tell us that, you know, he doesn't work out enough, so get him to do this a couple times in the worship service. No. It's a, it's a heart posture that says, yes, I agree. My team is winning. God is on my side. God is fighting for me, right? 
or God, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Every hour, I need you, right? A sign of surrender. And some of you, like, you've never grown up knowing why we do that. You looked around and go, I, I don't know. Maybe they taught them in a class one day. That's why they do it. That's why all those people do it. I've never know, I don't know how to do it. I never saw anybody growing up in my house ever do that. I've watched my dad go to church for 30 years. He never did that. But tonight I'm telling you, it's a biblical thing in your life that we're to lift up holy hands, Paul said. Lift up holy. Well, my hands aren't holy. You're right. Neither are mine. But with Jesus, I've got holy hands now. Jesus in me makes me holy. Jesus in me makes my hands holy. So therefore, I'm going to lift up my hands because now I'm lifting up my holiness, which is Christ on me to a saving, loving God tonight. Amen? So tonight we're going to take communion. It's going to require you to use your hands, all right? So you thought you were going to get out of this, but you got to use your hands, okay? Here we go. So ushers, go ahead and begin to prepare communion. On the night that Jesus was crucified... He took his disciples in a room, community. He did, his, he did life together. He brought these guys in a room and he said, guys, this is it. This is the end. They were confused. They were, some of them were a little bit hurt because he had just told them one of them was going to betray them a few minutes ago. And they're frustrated. And he began to lay out this whole idea of what the plan of salvation was going to be. The broken body, which is the cut, which is the, excuse me, the bread. And the sacrifice, which was his to make on the cross, which represents the blood. In a few moments, the cup and the bread are going to pass by you. It's a little wafer and a little cup. We encourage you, take that. Hold on to it. We're going to take this together. But scripture encourages us that as we are taking this moment, as we're remembering what Jesus has done, his victorious resurrection, hallelujah, but the surrender that my heart needs to receive him, the Bible says that we're to examine our heart. We're to look through every aspect, every file, every, every deleted thing in the trash can. We don't want nobody to see. We're to search that part of our heart. And the Bible says we're to examine it and we're to say, God, even search those dangerous parts. And Lord, I want to I even offer you this tonight. My brokenness, exchange it for your beauty. Exchange it for your victory. Exchange it for your love. So tonight as communion is being passed out, that's what we practice here at, at Westover Hills. Open communion, please take a cup, take a bread, and we're gonna finish this message as they do that. Not only do we need God in our life as our victorious healer, but we need one another and we worship truly as one. When, when a neighbor next to us has got their hands up and tears in their eyes, it does something to my spirit to know that God is moving in their life. When, when our own dad that's in the room tonight lifts up his hands and how that heals the wounds of so many things that he's done in his past to a family, how beautiful is that? Or when a, a loved one, a marriage, a spouse, a husband, or a wife, who's, when they lift up their hands, it just says, God, you're in control. How beautiful that is to our spirit. So I encourage you, in your formal act of worship, that you would come into this house, God's house, lifting up holy hands, saying, God, I, I, I need you to be my victor, or God, I need to surrender to you, that you would practically know what that means and then do it. Then do it. So tonight, as communion is being passed out and we're getting ready to take communion, without everyone, not everyone has communion yet, but I want to lead us in a prayer tonight, just of an examining of our heart, just a prayer of saying, God, 
Maybe there's some things I haven't admitted to you. Maybe there's some things I haven't surrendered to you. But I want to do that in this moment. So you can keep your heads, eyes open, your heads up if you haven't received communion. But those of us that have, let's just pray. Let's begin to search our hearts, those that have picked up communion. Let's just begin to pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we're thankful for everything you've done on the cross. We're thankful that you bring us together, that we have our Aaron and our her and our our left and our right, that we're not here doing worship on our own. But God, we have family, we have friends to do this with. God, and I pray that tonight you would search our hearts as individuals too. That you would search my heart, you would search our lives, God, and you would find, Lord, if there be any wickedness in our life, like your word says, that you would just remove it. God, maybe there's someone in this room who has never surrendered their heart to you. And they're holding the communion and the elements in their hand in faith that when they say this prayer, it's going to be enough. And God, your word says it is. They're able to step into the family of God and be reunited with their creator because they open their mouth and believe in their heart. So God, we do that. Lord, if there's someone in this room who's never met you, but they're holding communion tonight out of faith, what a cool move in their life. I pray right now that you would speak to their heart, that God, that their, their heart would surrender to you. And I, I'm going to encourage you tonight, if you're holding communion elements and you've never given your life to Christ, but you just, out of faith, you grabbed it. You said, I don't want to miss out, but you grabbed it tonight. Can I lead you in the sinner's prayer? Can I lead you just in a moment of surrendering your heart to Jesus? You can repeat after me or you could say your own words. It doesn't matter, but in your heart, let it be genuine and just say, Father, tonight, I give my life to you. I accept your son, Jesus, as the Lord of my heart. Forgive me of my sins. What you did on the cross was for me, and I embrace it. I call upon your name, Jesus, to be my Savior and my Lord. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says if anyone prayed that prayer, they're a new person in Christ, and you're eligible tonight to take communion with us. So we have a big crowd tonight. So the communion's a little bit uh, awesome. Hey, that's a, that's a good problem. We're, we're glad that that's, that's happening. But those of us that, that have communion, I want us to, I want to lead you in that moment tonight. We'll wait a few. They're at the last, last row. So we'll wait a few more seconds. We'll wait a few more seconds. God's good. And I'm glad. It, it, let me just do this while we're, while we're just patiently waiting, because that's kind of been on the Lord's heart for me, I guess, all day today. You said that prayer a few moments ago. Like seriously, you said it, you meant it, you never said it before, and tonight you're, you're gonna be obedient, and you said, I, I, I said that prayer. Would you just, I know it's, everyone's looking around, this is a safe place, would you just say, that was me tonight. I gave my life to Jesus a few minutes ago. Would you just show me, would you just show others around you if that's you, just look at that, right there, right here in the front, right here, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, awesome. Yeah, see how, there's just a, it's a celebrating moment. It's not an embarrassing moment because we were once lost, but now we are found. And that is you welcome to the family of God. At least eight hands I just counted. Amazing, amazing. Right here, right as we're taking communion. I love that, that God is no respecter of persons. He'll do it whatever he wants to in our life. Okay, great. It looks like communion has been uh, fully served. If you'd take the bread, which represents the body, which was broken for our bodies. Brokenness, he was broken so we can be made whole. Amen? He was broken on that cross, so you and I have access to wholeness. So I just, we're going to take this together. We're going to break, and on that night, the Bible says that Jesus blessed it. So we're going to do, we're going to break, and we're going to bless it. Father, in the name of Jesus, this 
bread represents your body, which was broken. God, it's for every person in this room who is walking around with a broken heart, a broken spirit. God, even a broken body. That, Lord, that they have access to be made whole in you. We thank you that you endured this pain. You said, by your stripes, that's the, that's the whips on your back, we are healed. And we declare that over ourselves as we remember what you went through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you take and eat with me? In the same way the Bible says God took the cup and he said, this is my new covenant. The old covenant was you had to kill an animal. You had to sacrifice the animal for the atonement of your sins. But this is my blood, which is the new covenant, the new uh, payment, the new sacrifice, which is what he did on the cross. And it was by the blood of Jesus that we have access to salvation. He couldn't have been beaten. But if, he wasn't, if it wasn't a full sacrifice, we wouldn't have salvation today. But because he died and paid our payment on the sin, and some of you just experienced new life in him, we celebrate and we remember the blood of Jesus through communion tonight, which is represented by this cup. So we're going to pray over this, we're going to bless this, and then we're going to continue with worship tonight. Father, I raise this cup to you and I say, Lord, thank you for the sacrifice of your son. It is by your son, it is by the blood of Jesus that we're able to be saved. And so, Father, we say thank you for our salvation. Thank you that eight people tonight have been made new. God, eight people are, are, are literally living out 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that the old is gone and the new is here tonight. And we celebrate that in our lives. We remember when we were lost but have been found. And we thank you for the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Would you take of the, of the cup with me? Now, would you stand one more time? We're going we're gonna to end in a little bit of worship. We're going to take the offering at the very end of our time together. But would you stand as we prepare to, to, to seal this moment in worship? And I'm going to challenge you. Listen, the word of God has been brought. There's a challenge and a response from us. May we lift up holy hands, maybe for the first time ever tonight, as a response to how victorious and how surrendered we are tonight in this place. Amen? Let's worship. Can we give God some praise tonight? Come on, church. Can we lift up our highest praise tonight? He is worthy. Come on, let's sing it out together.